Hello and welcome back. This is Charles. You are listening to Bring It All Back Home. This is episode 14. We've made it to 14. Really excited about today's episode. This is a great one. Uh, this is a live chat. Uh, and we have Ted Felsberg. Ted is on board. Uh, we just connected a couple minutes ago. I'm going to patch this in in just a minute. Uh, you're going to hear about Ted's uh, photographic journey, what he's doing right now, and his passion for wedding photography. Uh, Ted's an old friend who um, really helped me grow as a photographer. Uh, we worked together on a couple of shoots with uh, speed lights and uh, one of old Ted's old friend, Caitlin, and uh, just I have great memories of working with Ted, uh, and he's just a wonderful guy. So uh, yeah, hopefully you will check out this podcast and connect to his Facebook page as well as his uh, felsberg.com, uh, felsbergwedding.com. Anyway, uh, let's connect with Ted. Hey, uh, Ted, are you there? I'm here. Hey, how's it okay. going? Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for joining the Bring It All Back Home podcast. Uh, I definitely thought of you immediately when I started this podcast. And uh, luckily, I got a hold of you today. So this is awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. Cool. So yeah, uh, I think one of the ways I got started before um, is to just ask, you know, like, because uh, part of the theme is like um, the whole bringing it all back home. So like, what part of South Jersey did you grow up in? And what do you want to talk about growing up in South Jersey? Yeah, yeah. So uh, in Atlanta County, I grew up in Mays Landing, um, about a probably about a half hour from Atlantic City, half hour ish to Philly. So kind of like right in between both of those big big cities. Um, yeah, I grew up there my whole life. I haven't really moved. Uh, we stayed in one house. I mean, we we lived in Pleasantville when I until I was about seven, and then moved to Mays Landing, and I've lived there ever since. And now I'm married and have kids, and I still live there. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't realize that you uh, you part of it was in. Uh, Pleasantville too. Oh, very yeah, cool. Yeah, until oh, we were wow. about, I was about six or seven when we moved. Uh, we built the house. Um, yeah, like my my one brother was born, but my other two siblings weren't even born yet. So it was, I was very young. Okay. Uh, wow. So um, right now, uh, you're like I said, you're you're back in Mays Landing, and yeah. uh, um, does it uh, does it feel interesting being? Because I can kind of relate, you know, in the same way. I uh, I'm so, sort of back in the same area I grew up in too. Um, is it, has there been a lot of changes near you or, or, or are things, uh, you know, just in terms of the look of the town, more or less the same? Well, it, it's interesting. Not much has changed where I'm at because, and I'm sim, I'm in a similar area to where I grew up. So Mays Landing, if you go in town is a town, but we always lived on the edges. Like we were the last mailbox in Mays Landing before you got to Vineland. Okay. Um, my parents moved to that spot specifically because of the woods. Um, they wanted to be far away from everything, and like you can't even see their house from the road. Uh, it's of a very long 300-yard driveway. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and it, it's so much where we where I grew up. Nothing really has changed because we're not near the closer to the city. Um, like where the Hamilton Mall is, that has been built up so much over the years. Like since I was a kid, like so yeah. our stores and stuff there, everything's changed. But where I grew up, you know, 10 minutes away nothing really has changed. And now where I live now is about five minutes from my parents and, uh, same sort of thing. Like we're just in the woods, you know, nice and quiet, uh, quiet woods. Cool. Uh, so growing up there, um, were you a camera guy at any point in say junior or high school? Did, did, did cameras come your way? It's fascinating to me because of what I do now. No, not really. Like when I was a kid, I remember being about 
nine or ten, and I got a, a little purple camera. Uh, I can't remember. I think people who made it was either Pentax or it had to be one of those little brands. But it was literally at the time maybe a ten or twenty dollar camera, like right. one of those tiny purple ones, thirty five millimeter roll of film. Yeah. And I I was a kid and I thought it was fun and I took pictures of you know different family events and things like that, but only for like a year or two. And then that thing broke and I never picked up a camera again. Uh, so that was literally my only time ever owning a camera. Cause back, you know, back then, like there was no cell phones where everybody had a camera in their hand. You'd be able to own a camera or didn't. Yeah. Uh, and that was the only time I had a camera. I was like maybe 10 or 11. And then I did not have another camera until I started doing this as a profession. Um, so how old was that? Was That was uh, 2010. That's, that's so uh, cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So, so yeah, I could, uh, that's amazing. I mean, I mean, it, it's a really, well, and, and two, it was, it was the kind of like, like that year, 2010, uh, 2011, whatever. Um, so much was changing. Uh, so many tools were coming our way. And when it came to digital photography, yeah. 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 yeah I met you in 2010 and I think that was in August the following year. I remember the date actually, it was like June 10th of the following year is when I bought my very first camera. Nice. And which one was that? That was the Nikon D90. D90. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sensor yeah. digital. Right, right, right. And I recall, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I think I recall this correctly, but around that time, there was somebody else working with us um, who kept going through different gear. You know, I, I yeah. mentioned, uh, you know, him on, the other, on one of the other episodes where he was sw- he kept flipping, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all Canon now. And then he would sell it all. I'm all Nikon. <laughs> who is it? And? Uh, no, no. Uh, Tom, who, uh, oh, was, yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually have like, uh, I got the 18 to 105 that came with, I think his D90 kit, okay. uh, or it might've been a little bit of an advanced kit. Uh, that was a you know, great little lens, but, uh, so, so you got the D90 and, and did, yeah. a, did you get a lens with it or was it set, yeah, separate? So I bought it from a college student on Craigslist. We met up in Philly uh, she was using it for projects and things for school and then just, you know, I guess was upgrading to other things and sold it to me. We were met in a parking lot at a store somewhere and I uh, bought it from her. I wanted to use it that night. Uh, my wife uh, was is, was a dance teacher. And so she, her dance recital for all her kids was that night. And I wanted to, like, get started right away trying it out. So I went to TNF camera in Vineland right after I met with this girl and I bought a, a Nifty 50. Yeah. I think I think I was talking to you about it, and that's why yeah. I know with that one for the price i was really just entry level but two you i think you were explaining to me like that's a nice entry level camera uh, lens where you're not going to get you know a ton of features with it but it's clear it's sharp the wide aperture lets you get some stuff in darker light um and it was i think a 100 bucks right <laughs> so right. I, it was it was great like i went and got that and that was uh with the, my first kit and that's so that's and that started it all with that with that with yeah. that shoot as well. I still I, have I, that I, lens. It's kind of sentimental now, so I never want cool. to get rid of it. You know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Wow. Yeah, I I even uh, before we started the chat today, I went back and looked at when was the first shoot that I got to do with you, and it was uh, it was just a year later. It was uh, 2012. Okay. Um, and it was kind of like I think I, I think I had stopped by, and uh, it wasn't the first one where we worked together with Kaylin, but it was one where um, I just stopped by, and and you had all these backdrops and stuff, and somebody else came hey. over. <laughs> I forget who this woman's name was, a young woman who uh, just sort of stood in front of a backdrop. You know, uh, was that Caitlin or was that someone else? It, no, no, it wasn't Caitlin. No, it wasn't Caitlin. Uh, it, it, it was, uh, let me see if I could just 
bring this up real quick. Um, yeah, it was, uh, February of 2012. Huh. Uh, and, uh, um, it was just, uh, yeah, I think like in your kitchen, you had these interesting backdrops, like one was kind of oh, purple. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was fun. Like, you know, it, you, when you start photography with a journey, you start at the beginning and you don't really know what you want to learn because there's a thousand things to learn. Um, so you just kind of find the photos you like and you're like, oh, I wonder how they did that. And, you know, you, you start to ask questions of people and um, the hard part about the hard part about I think about learning photography is the information one is subjective to the people that are doing it. Like, is this an art form to them? Is it a job to them? Is it a hobby to them? Uh, because all of their perspectives are going to come over in their opinion, you know, and doesn't necessarily mean they're right or wrong. It, yeah. It's just something different. So you really have to weed through advice that's maybe bad, but also mm -hmm. advice that just isn't applicable to what you want to learn, you know? Yeah. It was so tough, especially with online learning. Like there's just thousands of ways to learn stuff online. Yes. I would read all of it, watch all the videos, meet with people in person and still not necessarily know like, what, you know, what I was trying to learn from that experience. So it was, it took a long time. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And and I think that um, there's such a, it's such a different decade. I mean, even though we're just talking about seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, whatever, um, you know, the cameras, we, you know, even the D90 uh, or, or I guess it's equivalent back then, maybe the D300S or whatever. Um, you know, these, these were amazing cameras for the time, but they weren't exactly rock stars with ISO yet, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and like you mentioned, like there was, there were places to go online, um, but there weren't like as many YouTube channels as not even close to what you have now. Uh, yeah. so, so yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I think anybody jumping in in the last two or three years with these 20 megapixel cameras or 24 and the, and the killer ISO and, and the gazillion YouTube channels, they, they can definitely take advantage of that in a way that I think it yeah. wasn't quite there 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, one of the things that, um, I remember very much with that being, you know, being around, uh, those early years was the interest, especially in using light and whether it was uh, a simple modifier or, or a speed light or, or doing light painting. Even I remember you jumped into that right away. Like just, yeah, it was fun exploring that stuff. I, I love that. Um, and I think when I, when I first started photography, did I ever tell you the story of why I started doing photography? I, uh, maybe, but then again, uh, refresh my memory. Cause I'd, I'd love to so, hear. So the, like I, when I was working at Apple with you, um, Basically, I, I was working another job during the day at an engineering firm, and I got laid off. You know, it wasn't necessarily because I was doing a bad job. They were laying off a ton of people because they just couldn't afford to keep that branch open anymore. And so it it, it was like it was sad because I I worked hard to get the job. I was, I was I thought I was pretty good at it, and it was out of my control to keep that job. So I felt powerless. And so I, I had this thought that I wanted to have something on the side so that this ever happened again. I wouldn't be at a giant loss because at the time I wasn't married yet. Um, actually, no, I got married in 2010. That's right. So I got married in 2010 and we didn't have kids or anything yet. But I was like, man, I, I have a family to support now. Like I, I can't just rely, you know, on people, you know, a job maybe laying me off. So I I feel lucky. I found this book. I forget how I even found out about it, but I, I got this book. It's called The 48 Days to the Work You Love. Oh, well. Wow. And 
it's it takes a while. It's not like a one time read in a couple of days and you're done. Yeah. It's more like a workbook where you spend some time doing these projects to discover what you're gonna what what the, your the best job for you is. Um, and it took about 48 days. So <laughs> I think in the beginning of the book, I had a list of maybe 50 different things that I could be doing to make a living and you know things that are more of a calling, things that are more of just a job or a career. And by the end of this book, it the list got shorter and shorter and shorter down to the last thing was photography, which is, is still so funny to me that this even happened. Because like I said earlier, I never even, it wasn't a hobby of mine. It wasn't a passion of mine where I go, oh, I'm really into photography. I, I had a camera when I was 10 and that was about it. Wow. <laughs> you know? yes. Yes. When, and I, but I believed it. I was like, you know what? I, I'm on board. Let me do this. So I had a gold coin that my dad gave me when I was a kid. Um, I sold it and got, I forget how much money, but it was enough to buy that camera from that girl and, and the lens. So that's kind of how I got started. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this all the way through. And I've, I've been one of those kind of guys where I'll start a new passion or a new project and I'll be really on fire for it for a short time. And then it will kind of just die off and fade away. Right. Um, not just hobbies, but also jobs and stuff where I'm really excited about it. And then it just turns out where I'm like, ah, this isn't that fun anymore. Yeah. So, there were influences in my life that said, Oh, you're probably, this isn't probably going to be what you're doing, but have fun, you know, enjoy. Um, so, but I, I, I took that almost not as like a taunt, but as a challenge, like, yeah, you know what? I am going to follow through all the way yeah. with this. And I did. So like, I just spent every second pouring and pouring over information and learning, um, and just kind of dove headfirst into the photography world. Um, it didn't happen overnight. Like, as you saw, I mean, I look back on my photos from 2011 and I don't ever want anybody to ever see those. <laughs> you know, they're terrible. Um, but, you know, I learned and learned and learned and learned. And here we are 2019 and now I do it full time as a career. So um, it, that was pretty exciting to me, the, the whole story of how it happened, because I'm 34 now and it took me a long time to figure out what I was here to do. I've had 20 different jobs for careers or just things to make money. Yes. And, um, now I now I have something that I can call career where I work for myself, you know, from home and I, it supports my family. So I'm very excited about that. Very thankful, very blessed. Um, I, I didn't ever think it was going to really happen this way. And I'm really just thankful to be where I'm at. Yeah, that's a uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And and that brings that, uh, you know, that there's there's two su su such strong uh, things that, that you just conveyed as well. I mean, like in the sense that, number one, uh, like you said, like kind of like toning yourself, like there were all these other sort of whether it was a job or what have you, uh, things that, that would, you know, jump up as being really, really interesting and then cool off being like, well, yeah, I, I'm ready to look around for something else, <laughs> you know, but, but so I'm, I'm, I would take a guess that, that, um, one of the things that really helped you, um, keep your interest as well as not just interest, but your passion in it was, was, was just getting better, getting so much better and seeing that, seeing that curve, seeing from, like you said, the, the earlier stuff to, to when it really was kicking in, you know, yeah, um, mm -hmm. and, sure. and and then as well, uh, you know, like like you mentioned, um, the the opportunity to um, to keep taking on new projects and and feeling like uh, like this this absolutely uh, is is going to open up a new not just a new but um, a, a, a different a different career like a career that like as yeah. you mentioned you're you're doing full time now this is this is your this is your gig. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's another in interesting point, too, because, you know, in the photography world, there are so many different types of photography. And in the beginning, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. Yeah. But in the interest of it not being just a hobby for, you know, to, to do for fun, in the interest of, you know, trying to make a living off of it or at least a side hustle, 
Um, it had to be something that was somewhat lucrative. So I tried different things out, you know, and I love, um, for, actually this is a good example. For instance, like you, you take landscape photos that I look at and go, holy crap, that is amazing. Like I just am in awe of the beauty of it. And I feel like the niche for landscape photography is a lot smaller and narrower yeah. that people that do make money on it and have a living off of that. Um, there's, it's harder to get into that and less of those people. And so I didn't feel like that was a good, um, entry point for me to get into to at least to make a career out of it. So sure. I, didn't, I just, I do a couple of those for fun, but I ended up finding the niche I wanted. Um, but on the topic, like I tried a lot of different styles of photography out. If you remember, I tried, um, dance studio photos. Oh yeah. Where we that, would have yeah, you know, yeah. 60, mm-hmm. 70 girls from the dance studio come in and over a couple of days and we would take, you know, portraits of them against the backdrop. I tried baby, baby photos, um, some product and food photography, which is actually, I'm revisiting that stuff now. Um, just a myriad of different things. And as you know, I discovered wedding photography, which is, is I feel like my calling, like I, get so much out of wedding photography more than just the money. Like I get so much personal value out of being that kind of photographer. I think that's what the book really figured out in me. It was almost like the book, the book was reading me that I read to figure out this is a career path. And when I input the right information into it, it spit this out. And I think the magic behind it, it knew what I value, you know, what my personal values are. And I get a, I get so much back, uh, fulfillment. That's the right word. I get a lot of fulfillment out of what I do because it's not just, Oh, I I found something I can make some money. It's cool. Like that. I I wouldn't follow through with that. It's not, doesn't have any weight to it. Um, but the weddings itself, like I cry at at least half of the weddings that I photograph. Yeah. I don't even know the people more than the two or three times I talked on the phone with them before their wedding, you know? Um, I just connect so well on the level of family values, of, of our American culture and history of marriage and weddings, um, the Christian aspect of marriage that I believe in, like just all of that intertwined with, you know, the, the family aspect. I get a lot of fulfillment out of photographing those moments happen uh, throughout a day. And it, it, that's really, I guess, what does it for me. Yeah, and and I think it it I can and and I think anyone who uh, has known your work, um, you definitely bring so much to it. And I can I, I didn't realize too, but but it makes perfect sense that um, you're also be able to take away from it just just so much satisfaction and fulfillment too. Because um, and especially with a with a wedding, but like you know, there's. I, I think I don't know I know at least uh, maybe four or five people who do this uh, stuff um, not know them very well but I mean I one of my cousins and of course Becca who we once worked with uh, yeah, yeah. before um, but 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 at the same time I knowing you know just knowing um, your personality and the way uh, you you approach uh, even a non wedding shoot is is you make a really strong emotional connection uh, that I've always uh, I've always you know been um, dazzled by in a way because I, I know that uh, uh, you know just just me personally I um, 
I'm, I take a while to warm up to people. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I could take weeks sometimes, like, you know, even people I work with, uh, like I'm fi- like, I can finally kind of find like that area where like, okay, I sort of sense their sense of humor or my sense of humor yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I'm not one of those people that warm up right away for, uh, at, you know, a sort of cold opening, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, but you, you bring an energy to, to this stuff that I think that makes it easier for them to open up as well. You know, that, it's funny you mention that. And it's, it's hard for me to articulate that when I'm selling to customers, like trying to not convince them to buy me, but offering, telling them what I offer. It's hard for me to really like articulate and make that like clarified when I'm describing their day. I'm like, yes, I'll take great pictures. You know, yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll do this. But I also make your day better by being a calming presence. Uh, I guess that's like the best way I describe it to them. Mm-hmm. Those weddings, you know, they're a very, spe- it's a very specific animal and there's a lot of people, yeah, a lot of emotions and two different family styles merging. And so, you know, on the wedding days, like, you know, they're long days too, 10, 11 hours. I look at my job as not just to take pictures, but to also make sure that my client is having fun, is having a good time, is relaxed. Um, and I feel like I'm really good at that. Like you said, I connect with them really fast and I build a good rapport. And a lot of times it's me just checking in with them every every little bit and saying, hey, do you need a drink of water? You know, are you tired? You want to sit down? Just showing that I care about them it is like, I, I think, gold. I mean, they yeah. at the end of the day, they come and talk to me and they're like, hey, I didn't I didn't realize you were going to make my day so much better. Wow. Thank you so much for being here. And it, it's really it makes me feel good to know that I did at least that, um, you know, because for a couple of reasons, one, like they're always going to tell their friends and family how they felt you know, on their wedding day, you know, regarding me. Um, but also on top of that, the photos, I feel like, I I mean, you know, there's a million, million photographers out there that do this all the time. Not every photo I take is like an award winning put on your wall shot, you know, for weddings, you take a lot of them just because the people that are in those photos are sentimental to the couple, you know, it might not be the best lighting or the best pose or the best background, but the people in them matter a lot to them. So I take those photos too, not just, you know, not just the ones that I think are, you know, going to make the album. Um, and so let's say one of those photos isn't really the clearest or, you know, the sharpest or the, the best well lit, you know, their attitude towards me is going to change their attitude towards the photo somewhat. Um, oh yeah. You know what I mean? So like yes. that, that, I think that plays a big part into my job, you know, my, my role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's it, it that was yeah. Their 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 connection to the to to you behind the camera and and how they like you said how they feel that day, uh, all that stuff's going to come in. Um, obviously, they're going to get a beautiful set of photos and and they'll be this will be a collection they'll be going back to for decades. Um, but yeah, a lot of times like they will remember like how they felt. Uh, in that picture and 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 like you said, I think I think uh, part of your um part of what you bring so easily to it is, is that is to help them feel relaxed and help them feel like this, this is, this is still going to be fun. Don't, don't, panic, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Off and, and like make them laugh a little bit. Cause they're right. sometimes tense, you know, especially, especially grooms, uh, the guys, you yeah. know, we don't dream about being photographed on our wedding day as little kids, like you know, girls do. Um, and so it's funny to kind of like loosen them up because then I can see them become, um, more relaxed as the day goes on because I'm, I'm helping them. I'm getting them used to the camera, the yeah. photos. Sometimes I want them to look at me and smile. Other times I want them to just enjoy their family and I'm going to get candidates of them. And so it, 
they get used to it after a while and it makes the whole day flow so much better. And I, and the question just came up on top of my head as you're talking about that, do the grooms sometimes surprise you with their emotions? Like have there been more of a surprising, Oh my God, the groom can't stop crying <laughs> as opposed to when you first and, met and, them. Or... And on that note, we, I love those photos to me. That's yeah. like, that's what I want. I want every wedding. I want pictures of people crying right. uh, because the emotions, like yeah. the emotions make the, to me, make the photo better. Yeah. Like, yes, I want good lighting. Um, yes, I want a good pose. So people look their most flattering and I want cool backgrounds, but the emotions are what make the, the viewer looking at the photo have a connection to the people in it. I think mm-hmm. they might not be connected to the flowers and the field and the trees and the, the water behind the person, you know, or necessarily their clothing they're wearing. Um, but if you can, sh- like, that's why I love couples. Like we've, me and you have practiced with models. And to me, I find it challenging with one person because there's not, there's no emotional connection necessarily to anything they're touching or posing. Like it's, it's different, but with two people, I have them touch each other a lot. I, and even from a far away distance, like let's say I'm doing a silhouette and they're on a top of a hill far off, you can still get a feeling of emotion just in the way they touch or look at each other. Interesting. Um, and I, to me, I feed off of that. So when it comes to tears, oh my gosh, I, I took one of my favorite photos this summer. Um, the groom, they did a first look where the bride came up behind him and tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around and saw her for the first time and he burst into tears. Instantly. Oh. And, you know, sometimes from a, even with a long lens, it's hard to see tears because um, they wipe them off before they come down their face a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so you try to grab them when they're touching their eye or their nose or wiping their eye you try to catch it at that specific moment. And he, he like covered his mouth because he was in like in such an emotional state where he couldn't believe how beautiful she was. And mm-hmm. dude, that photo, oh my gosh, it, it like all the feels. I cried a lot that day. <laughs> um, it was a great, great, great day. Um, awesome. I love that stuff. And, and to your, answer your question specifically, you never really know who's going to be the crier at a wedding. I see. I see. Um, okay. We did, a, we did a wedding for um, an MMA fighter who like owns an MMA gym where he coaches people on MMA fighting, like a nice, like a real professional. Where if you saw this guy, you'd be like, yep, I'm not ever going to cross that guy. Um, and as soon as his wife walked down the aisle, he bawled like a baby. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was the most emotional, sweet thing ever to see this big, strong, macho man, just be gentle and, you know, in love with his wife before he, you know, got to hold her hand. Yeah. Uh, So like, you never really know, you know, you never really know who's going to cry. And that's why I'm like, I try to just be so ready for every single thing that happens. Um, so I can quickly just raise that camera to my eye and take that picture. Awesome. So, um, speaking of raising that camera to your eye, so, uh, I'd love to just sort of segue a little bit back into the gear as well as, um, maybe if, if it's okay, like the Colorado thing you shot. Yeah, so, yeah. so I, when I'm you went out right now, oh, awesome. <laughs> so tell, tell our listeners, what did you bring? How, how, how did you, uh, how did you go out there? What, 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 what is your stuff? If you don't mind going into some little yeah. gear talk and then a little bit about the shoot, if you want. Yeah. The Colorado one. So, um, I went to Colorado for a wedding, um, actually for one of our old coworkers, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy. Yeah. The her wedding was in July, and she doesn't live in Colorado. They live in Kansas, but they it's a special place for them where her and her husband Jesse they go camping there every year uh, at this this place called Maroon Bells Wilderness in Aspen, Colorado, and it's it's extremely picturesque. I mean, imagine two mountains on the left and the right of you that are green and lush. And then in the background between those is a snow capped mountain 
where there's snow on there, even in the middle of summer. And then in between these two mountains is a nice little river lake, a small little lake that goes between them and then a big field of green in front of the lake. So yeah, a gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. I mean, I, unbelievable place to have a wedding ceremony. Um, I was out there for five days because basically with flying, you know, from, from being in a photo group that I'm in, you hear a lot of the do's and don'ts about everything. Uh, from backing up your files to traveling, you know, equipment, stuff like that. So I knew to get there early in case there was a problem with the flights. You know, I didn't want to try to arrive the morning of the wedding. You know, what if uh, what if the flight got canceled and, yeah, you know, yeah. the photographer. So I arrived two days early. Uh, the wedding was on a Tuesday and I got there Sunday. Um, just to get acclimated to, one, the, the, the high – um, yeah, altitude. the altitude. Yeah, yeah. Because it is no joke. Like you get tired walking about twenty feet up a set of stairs, you know, or you get really tired, like just because of how thin the air is. Um, <laughs> right. You know. So that was one part of it. But I also just wanted to kind of get used to the area and spend some time photographing other things. And so the um, the trip there was pretty easy. Uh, I brought, I, you know, I I took a lot of things out of my bag. Uh, one for security. You know, I have like little multi-tools which have a knife on them so i took that out of my bag i took a lot anything that had a, real, a lot of metal took right. that out that i didn't need it because i i overpack for weddings i bring okay. things like hair ties and bobby pins and safety pins just to you know a sewing kit which i've used multiple times to sew dresses back on you know for the bride bridesmaids or the mother or the groom or whatever so i took out a lot of the non-essentials um there's also weight limits for check baggage. So I decided to put two light stands. I got a, a case that holds two light stands. Really? And then on top, there's other compartments for clothing. So I was able to fit all my clothing and two light stands in my, my checked lag, checked luggage. Um, and I got it to like 46 pounds. I think 50 is the limit where you start paying hundreds of dollars more for weight or whatever it was. Right. So I got two light stands in there. I brought a water jug with me because I drink a lot of water at weddings and even more important in Colorado, you need to drink a lot of water to help balance out the thin air. Um, and what else did I pack? Just clothes, sweatshirts, um, my nice shoes. Yeah, packed all my all my stuff, the essential stuff. Then in my for my camera equipment, I got everything in a two carry on bags, one backpack and one um, satchel. Um, that was a little tricky because I bring a decent amount of flashes with me, but I brought yeah. flash, I brought like six flashes. Well, um, two for on my camera and then four for using off camera and some backups. Uh, I brought th four lenses with me. I used three throughout the entire wedding day, three, okay. three prime lenses that I use for everything. And then one macro lens that I use just for like ring shots. Um, that's pretty much all that lens is used for, but I brought all of those with me and then my two bodies, two cameras. Okay. Uh, for that trip, I brought. Uh, my two cameras were my Nikon D750 and my Nikon Z6. Yes. Um, uh, and, I re and I recall the D6 was, was fairly recent. Right? That yeah, was, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the Z6 in February. I yeah. actually just bought another one um, uh, a couple weeks ago because cool. my D750, I got wet at a photo shoot. And, um, <laughs> That does not surprise me, Ted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was at the, the man who who, um, who who goes into a, yeah. a river with a, with a camera on his. And that one was a rental too that time. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but my D750 got wet, and I, th I thought it was it was a water sealed lens. Like it's pretty good for weatherproofing, so I thought it was gonna be okay. Um, the lens was fine. The camera, the it took pictures, but the screen stopped working. 
So for, I know that I know the film guys are like, well, you don't need a screen, whatever. Uh, but I use that camera for video as well, so I I kind of needed the screen. Yeah. yeah. So I bought a Z6, another a second one right after that. Um, good news though. Yesterday I turned that D750 back on and it works now. So oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Backup. The screen gonna, works. Yeah. The screen suddenly came it, back uh, to life. Wow. Yeah. I was going to try to get an insurance claim for it, you know, but I, I don't need to do that now, which is great. So when you got your two cameras with you and you're, and I guess two out of the three primes, what do you, what are you typically switching from? Like, is, are you, are you going wide and, 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 and portrait yeah, mode? Or something? So I, I don't know if it was you or someone I saw online, I think one time was like, if you're going to do prime lenses, cause you know, if you do a zoom lenses for weddings, there's two that you basically need to cover everything, the 24 to 70. Right. And 70 to 200, that's if that covers everything. I mean, maybe not an ultra wide, but that's on a wedding day. That's pretty much all you're ever going to need of those two. If you do zooms for primes, you know, you might end up with six lenses, you know, just to get all the focal lengths you need. So one guy that I read online impressed upon me the idea of doubling your focal length at every lens. So I was like, huh, that that makes a lot of sense. So it took me a little while to get the right equipment over that. But now I do that where I have a 24 millimeter. Okay. 50 millimeter and a 105 basically just use those three lenses the entire day it's fantastic uh so to answer your question my my one camera i use the 50 millimeter a lot oh that's interesting totally going bringing it all back to the very first d90 exactly yeah Yeah. oh that's interesting i've gone through four or five different 50 millimeters since then right (laughs) what do you want you got a sigma now what what are you shooting with now i'm on the the one of the first lenses they came out with with the z6 and z6 was the 50 millimeter 1.8 okay uh, oh speaking of i have to show you something at some point it's you know how um you know how back in the day like lenses had a really creative lens flare yeah um and then over the years the manufacturers would put coatings on the lenses to help reduce that because not it doesn't not it's not always desired to be in photographs or videos yeah um well i mean i think they're amazing <laughs> i yeah, think it's far as the coolest thing ever if it if it looks nice but newer lenses, you just don't get that. Um, well, it turns out the Z6 50 millimeter 1.8 lens that I have, I was shooting uh, an LBI recently for an engagement shoot, and the sun was setting right behind the couple up on it. We're on a hill and, and some brush and stuff. Uh, and it made the most gorgeous, gorgeous red rings of light oh. coming through the lens, like two or three at a time. Wow. And I was blo- I didn't even see them in the camera, but I was blown away when I got on my computer looking at them. Because my friend who shoots Leica cameras, he shoots you know these eight or nine thousand dollar Leicas all the time. His lenses do that, but that's why he owns them, just to get some of the cool effects that these specialty lenses and cameras can do. So yeah. I was not expecting that in a six hundred dollar lens, you know, for my for my Nikon, and I was just blown away by that. But anyway, back to the um, to the question. So I basically do about half of my photos on a wedding day with the fifty millimeter, okay. and then my second camera, which I carry on me all the time too, because I carry two cameras. Um, I switch back and forth between the 24 and the 105 based on whatever's happening at the moment. Right, right. Okay, no, that's that's really interesting uh, and 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 fascinating to know that. I mean, uh, from you know, I remember, I think I remember uh, vaguely when you told me, yeah, I've gone prime, I've gone prime. But it's interesting to know that um, the zooms, even though they're getting better and better, they're not pulling you back. I mean, and I suppose yeah. the weight's got something to do with it too. They're, that that yeah. and the sharpness, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know the zooms. You know what it is? The zooms um, is the aperture. You know, for wedding days, I don't I don't like using ISO at all. If I can help it, I oh, try yeah. not to use it. Even with the okay. advances in our cameras, like you know, I can shoot two or th- two or three thousand 
you know, ISO. Yeah. Um, and customers wouldn't really notice it at all, but I notice it and I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Right. So you, you stay uh, under, you, you yeah, keep it I under, stay yeah. under 2000 as much as yeah. I can. Okay. And so with zooms, you're already at a, you're already stopping down a little bit because of the aperture, you know, 2.8 is, is pretty much, you know, except for one is what all the zooms go to. They don't really go wider than that. Whereas primes, I can get down to 1.8, 1.4. And now with this new, new, um, mount on the Nike, the Nikon Z's down to 1.2. Wow. Uh, pretty exciting. And is it, wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, one, two, that, that's, yeah, that's really shallow. Wow. Actually this year, um, I don't know if you've been following it. Nikon is making a knocked, um, a 50 or a 58 uh, manual with a, one, a 0.95 aperture. Okay. Because that's partially why they changed this mount on the Nikon Zs to be bigger is because they couldn't go wider than 1.4 prior to that, you know, with all the cameras, you know, dating back for the last so many years. But now with this new mount, it's so much larger that they can go all the way down to 0.95 with aperture, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, That that's going to be real interesting. I, I mean, I know um, – from shooting some of the medium format uh, old film cameras, you know, that um, uh, I remember one time I was whatever posting a photo, like, I can't believe it's sharp. And uh, someone, you know, replied, well, what were you shooting at? And I was like, two, four, but like, but two, four on the medium formats, like almost like shooting at one, two or whatever. Okay. That depth of feels a lot, a lot shower. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. So I know I've, I've been, as we've been talking, you know, going back and forth, looking at, um, is, is, is your most recent stuff? Like, would you have everybody, uh, start with Fellsbergphotography.com? Is that one of the places that, get, that gets updated yeah, the most? Yeah. Okay. Actually, cool. I'll post me, a link to that too. To answer your question updated the most. No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> the most would be my Facebook business page. Cause I put stuff on there to share with clients. Cause I want to hear the feedback that their families and friends give. Okay. Um, I update the website not, eh, I guess regularly, like every five months or four months. I put new stuff on there. Um, eventually, it gets to the point where I'm like, oh, my new photos are better than the ones that are on my website. I got to make sure I switch them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it gets to that point. So, and, and seasonally, or is this the time where you get to breathe a little bit, or are things picking up? Uh, or no. or is there, it's it's this is actually not that time. <laughs> yeah, this is uh. So, what's today? The twelfth. Yeah. of September. Um, yeah. So about two weeks ago, it kind of started with, uh, actually with, with John Beebe's wedding. Um, I shot his wedding on my birthday in August. And after that, now it's like my, my brother, uh, and my family wanted to have like a family dinner on yes. a weekend and they just texted me the other day. I said, so which, what day on, what, what day do you have availability on like a Saturday or Sunday? And I looked at my calendar and I said, well, I have two hours on this Sunday in September. <laughs> and I have about four hours on this Saturday in October, and that's about it uh, until wow. Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow, well, that's awesome. That's so, great. Yeah, because it's mostly Fridays, Saturdays, and some Sundays. Um, you know, Monday through Thursday, I'm free all day. You know, I'm just sitting here editing photos. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. This is, this is definitely the busy time, you know, which is good. You know, we're we're trying to pack in all the days now so we can save a little bit for the winter time when it's a little slower. You know. Sure. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. Well, they, yeah. So we've, uh, I think we're good for the first, uh, the first chat. Thank you so much. This yeah, has been a, just awesome. Uh, so let me share and, my story. 
Yeah, and uh, again, I will post link to the Facebook uh, site uh, as well as your uh, your Felsberg Photography. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would love to hear more when we uh, reconnect on uh, on the podcast uh, about uh, what's going on and what's new. And I think for sure this was a great uh, entry into uh, the first one. Hopefully, this is just part one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Charles. This is fun. Thanks for having right. me. On. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. And I'll catch you next time, man. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Great. Bye. Bye.